Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Music and Therapy Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. I hope that you all are healthy and having an amazing day. Last week of the podcast, we completed the series on attachment styles in your marriage. So here are some takeaways from last week's episode. Now, we went over the past couple of weeks that there are four attachment styles in a relationship. They are the secure attachment style, which is the healthy form of attachment. So if you don't have the secure attachment style, this is like the thing to work toward because this is the healthy attachment style. Then we have ambivalent or anxious preoccupied attachment style. We have the avoidant dismissive attachment and disorganized attachment style. So last week, now two weeks ago, we t- the week before, we talked about the secure attachment and the ambivalent or anxious preoccupied attachment. And then last week, we talked about the avoidant dismissive attachment and disorganized attachment. So here are what those two attachment styles are, some characteristics. And if you notice you have some of them, then you know that you have something you need to work on. If you have the avoidant dismissive attachment style in your marriage, then you're more than likely an independent person. You're content to care for yourself and don't feel a need for others. The more someone tries to get close to you or the needier a partner becomes, the more you tend to withdraw. You're uncomfortable with your emotions and with your partner's emotions, and your partners often accuse you of being distant or closed off, rigid or intolerant. In return, you accuse them of being too needy. You're prone to minimize and disregard your partner's feelings. You keep secrets from them, engage in affairs, and even end relationships in order to regain your sense of freedom. You may prefer fleeting, casual relationships instead of a long-term, intimate one. Or you can seek out partners who are equally as independent as you are and ones who will keep their distance emotionally. Now, while you think you don't need to have close relationships or intimacy, the truth is that you do because this is the need that everyone has. So those are just some characteristics of a person who may have avoidant dismissive attachment. So next, we're going to talk about the attachment style of disorganized attachment. And with this one, here are some characteristics if you have it. So if you do have the disorganized attachment style, you probably find intimate relationships confusing and unsettling, often swinging between emotional highs or emotional extremes of love, and then hate or extreme dislike for your partner. You might be insensitive toward your partner's feelings. You could be selfish, controlling, untrusting, and all of this could lead to be explosive or even abusive behavior. And you can be just as hard on yourself as you are on others. You may exhibit antisocial or negative behavior patterns. You could abuse alcohol or drugs or be prone to aggression or violence. Others may despair at your refusal to take responsibility for your actions. While you crave the security and safety of a meaningful, intimate relationship, you might feel unworthy of love and terrified of getting hurt again. Your childhood may have been shaped by abuse, neglect, or trauma. These are just some characteristics that you may display if you do have the disorganized attachment style in your relationship. So these are a few takeaways from last week's podcast episode. So if you would like to learn more about the four styles of attachment in your marriage or relationship, then click on the link in the show notes to listen to this week's episode of the podcast. Before we get into this week's topic, we are going to hear a word from one of our sponsors. Hygienic Hydration Electrolyte Powder Drink Crackers started in the midst of the pandemic. The founder of Hygienique Hydration, a frontline healthcare worker, started developing constant headaches. A landmark research study published early during the pandemic showed that up to 81% of frontline healthcare workers developed new headaches. 
mainly because of their PPE or personal protective equipment like face masks or face shields, which prevented them from eating and drinking properly while on the job. He would leave work tired, dehydrated, and burned out. The founder looked for a healthy drink with all the necessary vitamins and minerals, but with no sugar, something that was keto-friendly and healthy. But most powdered drinks in the market have a ton of sugar and caffeine. That is why he created Hygienic Hydration, sugar-free, keto-friendly, plant-based, antioxidant-rich electrolyte powder package for daily use, containing all of the essential vitamins and minerals with a refreshing taste. Their product contains elderberry, which has immune boosting properties to support during cold and flu season. Hygienic Hydration electrolyte powder package can also fit into your bag or suitcase when traveling. Remember, traveling. So if you are having trouble with eating and drinking healthy during your busy day in 2022, but want a sugar-free, keto-friendly vitamin drink, give Hygienic Hydration a try. There are 30 electrolyte powdered packets in a pouch, perfect for a one-month supply. So if you are having trouble with eating and drinking healthy during your busy day in 2022, but want a sugar-free, keto-friendly vitamin drink, give Hygienic Hydration a try. There are 30 electrolyte powdered packets in a pouch, perfect for a one-month supply. You can visit the website www.hygienicehydration.com, which is www.hydronicuehydration.com. That's www.hydronicuehydration.com. Or search for Hygienic Hydration on Amazon.com, where you can get a $10 discount coupon at checkout for the next week. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about the seven things that you can do now to save your marriage or your relationship. So the past few years have been very difficult for many marriages, especially with the coronavirus and the pandemic. A lot of people have found themselves having to be around their partner or their spouse more than they've ever been in their entire lives. And this has been stressful for many people. That is why a lot of people are actually struggling in their marriages right now and in their relationships. So today we are going to talk about what you can do now if you realize that your marriage or relationship is in trouble. So here are seven things you can do. Number one, be your authentic self. Now this is going to help you gain clarity and purpose, attract the right people into your life, appreciate differences, and it enhances self-love. And all of this is important because if you don't love yourself, then it's hard to love somebody else. If you're not sure about what you want out of the relationship or what you want out of your marriage or where you guys want to go, then it's going to be difficult for you to be who you actually are. So the person that you may be in a relationship with may not even know who you are because you don't know who you are. And the person you are projecting to be is not the person that you actually are. So being your authentic self is going to help you do a lot of things and actually be who you are in the relationship. And when you can be yourself, then you can begin to work on a marriage and have new direction and be able to focus on what the relationship actually needs. Number two, be open to self-reflection. Now being open to self-reflection helps you to be honest with yourself because so many times you see yourself one way, but the way you really are is totally different. For example, I remember um, I used to listen to this podcast 
and it was about musicians. And one of the guys was talking about how you need to practice um, your performance before you actually get on stage. And he said you should do this because he, there were times where he thought he was doing a lot in his performance. Like he just thought he was jumping and headbanging and doing all this stuff with the guitar. And because it felt like that when he was on stage. And then he actually looked at a video and he didn't, he wasn't doing anything. But the way he felt, he felt like he was doing so much and he was a great performer. When he actually looked back on the videos, he saw he was not. And I think that's how we are. Like sometimes we think we're the best spouse ever, we're the best partner. We do so much for this person and all of this stuff. But if you sit down and do some self-reflection, you may see that you might do things, but maybe your intention's not right. Maybe you're not aware that the way you say words or the way you say things might come off as degrading and demeaning instead of what you actually intend to say or do. So being able to self-reflect enables you to live with more intention. It helps you become more self-aware of your actions because if you don't know what you're doing wrong, you can't change what you don't know you're doing wrong. It cultivates self-acceptance. It helps you to make sense of daily events and it gives you a way to track change, challenges, and breakthroughs. Because if you are not able to reflect and do self-assessments, then it's gonna be hard for you to change because you're not gonna know what you need to change. So that is why being open to self-reflection is important. And another thing you can do to work on your marriage. Another thing you can do is understand your communication styles. Yes, this is so important. Now there are four basic communication styles. There are passive, there's aggressive, passive aggressive, and assertive. So just having a basic understanding of the communication style that you're gonna use is going to be able to help you to understand how you speak to your spouse so that you can speak to him or her in a way where they feel valued and not attacked or degraded or disregarded. Remember, it's not always what you say, but it's how you say it. And of course, I know this because when I was younger, my mom used to tell me this all the time. She'd be like, Kiana, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And the way you're saying it is not very nice right now. So just remember, it's not what you say, but how you say it. Be open to compromise. That's something else that is important to do if you want your marriage to work. And if you see you're in trouble, this is something to work on doing. Now, when you're open to compromise, it doesn't mean that your spouse always get their way because then it's not a compromise. It's more of a sacrifice. A compromise happens when two people get what they want. That's the only way it can be a compromise. So if you and your spouse want to do something, let's say for an example, you want to buy a house, your spouse wants to travel, and you guys cannot come to an agreement on what to do. So a compromise would be, okay, so let's travel, and then we can buy the house. That's a compromise because you both got to do what you wanted to do. Now, it's not always going to be that easy to compromise because sometimes it's complicated to compromise because remember, two different people, two different things, visions, goals, having to come together. So it's not going to be as easy as you think sometimes to compromise, but don't worry about it. You're going to be able to do it. So all you do is sit down. What is the one thing you guys have in common that you want to accomplish? And then you can take it from there and come up with a compromise that's suitable for you and your spouse. Remember that you cannot compromise the way your parents did or the way somebody else does. You have to compromise in a way that is conducive to the relationship that you and your spouse have together. Trusting yourself is critical and it's important if you want to improve your marriage. Yeah, I know. It just seems odd that being able to trust yourself would be something you needed to do if you wanted to improve your marriage. But it is. Because when you trust yourself in a relationship and you're confident, 
then it makes it easier for you to make decisions and it also can reduce your stress level let's say you and your spouse are having a heated debate about something and you don't trust yourself so if you don't trust yourself you're not going to know what to say or how to say it or how to react but if you trust yourself and you know that you have confidence in your decision making you will be able to make a decision you won't be like indecisive you'll be able to talk about it and if you see that is getting heated, you will trust yourself enough to know that, okay, I may need to take a moment to chill, relax a little bit, calm down, and then come back. So you'll be able to self-soothe. And this is all, it all comes with trusting yourself and having confidence in yourself, knowing that you're doing the right thing. So this is something else that you can do now to help improve your marriage. Oh, I love this one. This is another thing you can do. Admit when you are wrong. Okay, yeah, it's hard for me to do this. I hate saying I am wrong because I don't know. It's just something that I hate to do. But it's important for us to do this. You have to tell people when you're wrong because as much as we want to think that we are the best people ever, we have to be real with ourselves. We're not perfect. Yeah, we say some mean things and we can act passive aggressive. We can do some things that aren't good for the relationship. But you have to be able to know this. That's why self-assessment is important because you got to realize, hey, I'm not perfect. I do this, that, and the other. This is where this is my go-to when I'm angry. This is my go-to when I'm upset. Once you can recognize that, then you can see when you are wrong. You can recognize, hey, I probably messed this up. I shouldn't have said that. So regardless of whether the mistake is big or if the mistake is small, you have to admit that you are wrong. And being able to do this will make things go right in the long run. And it's going to strengthen your relationship and rebuild trust. If you can admit that you're wrong and then take steps not to do it again. Because it's one thing. I've had people say, hey, I'm sorry. But they kept doing the same thing over and over. So remember this, okay? Admitting you're wrong or repentance without change is not really an apology. So you have to not just say, I'm sorry. But then you have to make sure that you're taking steps and you're taking action not to do this again because it hurt your partner. So you have to try not to do this again. Now, you may do it again or maybe you won't get it right the first time. But the point is you got to keep trying to make sure it doesn't happen again. And if you need to seek a counselor or get help to make sure it doesn't happen again, then do that. But don't just say you're sorry and admit you're wrong and then never change because then what's the point of that apology? So remember, admit when you're wrong and then take action and steps to change that behavior. And finally, number seven is work on yourself. Did you know that your spouse is not the only person that's responsible for these big problems in your relationships? Okay, just making sure you know that because you're as you are just as responsible as they are. Because it takes two people to argue. It takes two people to fight or fuss or disagree or whatever it is you got to do and to go tit for tat. It takes two people. So you also have contributed to some of the problems in your relationship by either the things you say or have said or by your reactions to a situation, passive aggressive behavior, whatever it is, you've contributed. So when you work on yourself and you are realizing what you're doing wrong and you're saying, hey, I could be a better person, I can do this, I can do that, then you are actually helping your relationship, believe it or not. And you're helping your relationship because you are changing your behavior, which is part of the problem in the relationship. So if you guys can do these seven things or implement, how to implement two or three of these seven things, you will be on the path to definitely saving your marriage or your relationship. 
Now, the song we're going to listen to today is called Moving On. And this is about a woman who realizes that it's time for her to move from her past relationship. It wasn't supposed to end this way. Our love was so strong, I thought it would stay. But people and things got in the way. Now I have no words to say. What started out so beautiful was easily erased. You said that we should separate because you need. Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today. I absolutely love hanging out with you each week, and it's always a pleasure to spend time with you. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I will also love it if you will leave a review for the podcast so you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. Because I am so thankful to you guys, I am going to be giving away a free gift. 
I understand that being married can be difficult and stressful at times. So if you are looking for a way to stop arguing and resolve issues in your marriage, then click the link below in the show notes to download your free PDF about how to solve problems in your marriage. If you would like to contact me, feel free to contact me on social media by clicking the links in the show notes, and I promise you that I will respond to your message. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.